Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Happy chair dance. <sighs> Today is Monday, August 14th. And those of you on video or those of you astute of hearing, and I know you are out there, will have quickly identified that I am indoors today by the sound of the chime, perhaps by other cues. My earring is twisted up. Uh, it's a stormy morning here in Santa Fe. Woke up to lightning and thunder, and the wind is rumble tumble, and a little bit of rain, not a lot. Why can't we have more rain? I think I told you all that we did get half an inch on an evening last week, which was like, oh, when you get like eight inches of rain a year, half an inch at once is a real blessing. <coughs> so it's, um, yeah, a little too blustery to be out in the grape arbor this morning, but um, I had a great weekend. And I got to spend a lot of time in the Grape Arbor this weekend. A lot of it um, was re reading Minerva Spencer's upcoming release, which you all will love, Selena. Almost done with that. Um, I actually had a super fun day on Saturday. I had to run a bunch of errands. And my bestie, Megan Mulray, said, why don't I tag along on your errands? which she just never does. <laughs> never has done that before. And we turned out to be great shopping buddies. She said, where are you going? And I listed my very mundane stops I needed to make. And she said, those are, that all sounds great. Um, so it was fun. We, you know, passed a garage sale and she's like, ooh, garage sale. And I was like, do you want to stop? And she said, yes. She said, Charlie never wants to stop for garage sales. So I was like, okay. Then we went to the antique mall and I found all the things that I was looking for. And we had lunch and I got my hair done. If you're on video, you will see I am now re-redded. I think we're finally getting to Goldilocks here. The first time, this is my new hairstylist, right? Because my one that I'd had for 12 years um, selfishly decided to retire just because he had a retinal detachment. I mean, what about my needs? 13 years? Yeah, 12 or 13 years. It's, it's hard when someone that's like been your, you know, that you've worked with like that for so many years fails on you. That's the nerve. Uh, so anyway, new hairstylist gal. First time wasn't enough. Last time, way too much. So I'm hoping this time it's Goldilocks, although not actually Goldilocks. You know what I mean. So yeah, it was um, it was a super fun, fun time, and uh, got a lot done this weekend. So largely caught up on Sifwa stuff, which is good because I am going on vacation at the end of this week. Uh, we're leaving on Friday, flying to San Diego to the beach, and I will be gone 
uh, through Wednesday, celebrating my birthday on the beach, which is my favorite thing to do. So, um, no podcast Friday or Monday. Sorry about that. And possibly not the following Friday because I get back and it's Bubonicon. But I will be with my darling uh, Kelly Robson. She is Toastmaster at Bubonicon. So maybe we'll do a little podcast. I'm glad I looked at my schedule. I was wrong. Um, I don't go to Bubonicon until Friday afternoon. So there will be a podcast um, a week from Friday. So, uh, yeah, it's been a discombobulated couple of weeks and will continue to be. Today is big push to get Onira revision to Agent Sarah to write her a synopsis and put in some um, tweaks, tweaks and revisions. It's, um, I think I can get it all done today. Uh, I didn't get as much done on Friday as I would have liked. Uh, and I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, in fact, that's what I'm going to talk about today. I don't have to like preface it. I want to talk about critique, giving and receiving critique. Uh, it is just something that this is another one of those things that I wish I could tell you all that this changes and it just doesn't <laughs> is figuring out what critique to listen to. So it's very interesting with Onira, agent Sarah has asked me to add a chapter. Now, one of my readers, um, and, and let me tell you, let's see, I had, um, I'm not going to name names. <laughs> I'm trying to do this. Well. Let me count without you all listening. It's a good thing I did that offline because it took me a really long time to count who read it. I have different people read things at different times. So <clears throat> five people read Onera for me. Six counting assistant Kareem who read it um, kind of before everybody else. And she doesn't really give me critique. She just tells me if she likes stuff and what she likes. Um, there would have been another person, but uh, my friend had to bail because she's so... Actually, it was Minerva Spencer, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, she's been so crunched on this release, and she got sick. So she was like, I'm so sorry. I can't do this one for you. And I said, that's fine. Because I've got Agent Sarah, who basically asked me to flesh out one thing and add this chapter. Uh, and then there's another... Uh, and the rest are all accomplished author friends. Well... Actually, let me walk that back. All but one are accomplished author friends. The other one is a new person to me, uh, critiquing for the first time, who is an accomplished author, has won a lot of awards and done well, but a long time ago. And this is relevant because, um, <clears throat> and I'll come back to that. So one of my accomplished author friends um, asked for the same chapter edition that Sarah asked for. And so that's great. That makes it really easy when you get more than one person identifying a, a need in a book, then you, I mean, that's, that's a gimme. Otherwise they all picked out different things. 
So, um, but I will name Jim Sorensen. I mentioned already, uh, Jim gives great critique. Uh, he's just really concise. He gave me a bunch of like little line edits where he was like, really, you know, this kind of thing. Um, picked up typos, but also, uh, and noted like where he laughed or loved something. But he also, um, you know, like gave me just a couple of inline comments saying, did this really take hours? That kind of thing, which is very useful. And he picked out one thing that I agreed with. It was a, a basic world building thing. It was something I'd started to put in and took out. And so actually I was able to pull it from my outtakes. I keep an outtakes document when I revise. And so I just grabbed that paragraph and put it back in. I'm going to have to smooth it a little bit, but I, I mean, clearly, clearly I think he's right because that one resonated. I knew that it was going to be, um, yeah, I wondered if, if someone would pick it out and he absolutely zeroed in on it. So his comments were very easy to deal with. Sarah's are also very concise in a way. Um, Another one of my friends, um, some things are useful, but others I felt like it, she's almost trying to move it more towards how she would write something. Um, and I think her comments are perfectly valid if this were going to be a different kind of book, but I'm, I'm actually not using most of her comments. Uh, she did some inline edits and I went through hers on Friday and put those in. So that's easier. Um, and then I'm going to leap forward to um, Grace, Grace Draven, um, who I, I guess I'm also naming. Uh, Grace uh, and I talked last night. She pinged me on Facebook and she had finished reading over the weekend. She'd been reading for a while, but you know, she's been dealing with a lot of stuff. But she finished reading for me over the weekend. And, um, and so I thought that this was very funny because... She, she'd sent me a couple of notes along the way saying, I'm not sure this phrase works for me and that kind of thing. Those, those little comments are very easy to deal with because it's like what jumps out. Uh, so I'll, I'll be able to get hers pretty easily. And the one thing she wanted to talk about was a little bit longer. Um, and, and it's interesting because the thing that she picked out, nobody else did. But she started telling me about, she said, I think you have a missed opportunity here, which is a great way to put things, a missed opportunity. Uh, you know, because it's like, well, I don't have to do it. But, and so she started telling me how this one part, I needed to like make it more awful, <laughs> really dig into it. And I started laughing and I said, is this the chicken guts thing. And she started laughing too. And she's like, I was thinking that this is the chicken guts thing. So what this is, is a long time ago. Um, one of the first time, I think it was actually the second time that Grace ever gave me critique. Um, and I'd asked her specifically to help me with something. Uh, and I know it was a while back because it was, um, on the talent of the hawk, which I probably wrote in, 2015, something like that. Uh, and Grace had read The Mark of the Tala. I had read Master of Crows. We'd become friends. Uh, and The Talon of the Hawk is the third in that series. And my editor had come back and said that he felt like this final fight scene wasn't 
divot enough. It wasn't long enough. I needed to expand it. My people, this has always been my problem. I, you know, I don't like my fight scenes. Um, so, I mean, this goes way back. So, uh, I'd asked Grace to look at just that fight scene. And this is something I do fairly often. If I know that there's a problem with something, I will, you know, ask someone that I know is good at it, um, to, to look at it and give me insight. So, uh, Grace, this is like first or second time, doesn't matter. So she's talking to me about what I can do to improve this sight scene, this sight scene, fight scene, um, where, uh, our heroine actually gets disemboweled. I mean, yeah, that's gross. But so Grace starts going into this whole thing about how she's like, so you need more of the sensory detail. She said, think about the sound of chicken guts hitting the floor. And I'm like, excuse me. And she's like, you know, that how it sounds when a pile of chicken guts hits the floor. And I'm like, Grace darling, I don't think I've ever heard chicken guts hitting the floor. And she's like, you can imagine what it sounds like. And, you know, and she's like, you know, and how they smell that smell of the viscera and all of this. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh, so, um, we have referred to the chicken guts thing a few times over the years. Uh, but this was like, as she's explaining to me, like how I should make this one piece more vivid. And, and actually what she's asking for, interestingly, um, I can do, it won't take much and I can layer in just a bit more of these, these images that she wants, this sensory detail. And it's going to feed into this scene. It's really not even a full chapter. This scene that Agent Sarah is asking for. And that um, my other writer friend uh, suggested that I put in. Um, I think I'll be able to get that in there. Okay, so um, I just thought that was amusing. The other person who gave me feedback put, and so this is a newer writer. And I think it's interesting because I was really waffling over the, the feedback from my writer friend who said that, you know, bestselling author, uh, you know, who I said that I thought was trying to write it in a way that she would write it. Uh, if I were going to change the genre of the book, I would take her input, um, but I'm not going to do that. And it's interesting because, I mean, this is a slower paced book. And even Grace said, if you, you know, you're going to have people complain. It, it's immersive. It's, it's a, it's, blah, blah, blah. it's impossible to describe apparently. Um, it's almost a stately pace. It is not a YA fantasy pace. It is not a romanticy pace. And so I could change that up, but I'm not going to because that's not what I'm writing in this book. And Grace and I had a great conversation about this because it's like, you know, you have to accept that some readers are going to complain about, you know, like this slow pace, but 
it depends on, you know, like, why are you writing a thing? And this is a book that dropped on me from out of the sky. And there's a huge part of me. I mean, it practically wrote itself. And I want to honor that. I want to honor that this was a gift and not try to make it be something else. Uh, sometimes, I mean, yeah, this is why I'm, you know, not working in environmental consulting, but writing books because it matters to me what the book is. And I don't necessarily want to groom it to market. Some things I will, but not necessarily everything. Um, so anyway, it still gets in your head when you get these feedback from people. The newer writer spent a tremendous amount of time and I know she wanted to do a really good job for me. She's a good friend. Uh, we're going to be exchanging work. She's also come out of an intensive workshopping background. And I realized she spent a lot of time giving me a lot of feedback. And it's interesting because everybody really likes this book. You know, and she started out by saying, I love this book. It got me through a really difficult few days, all of this. And she's like, but that said, here are some things you could do. And I realized partway through that she was giving me all of this feedback that if I were workshopping an early version of a story would be useful, but not really for something that is pretty much done. And and it kind of got in my head some, and that's, it's not in a bad, I mean, it's not a bad thing. I, I had to, it was an interesting exercise for me because I started thinking about all the things she suggested I could do with the story that I hadn't done. And this is the part that doesn't get easier is when you get editorial feedback, whether it's crit from friends or what have you, you start thinking, oh, you start doubting yourself. And it's really hard not to doubt yourself or your work. And that way I, I'm still coming back to this idea of that I really need to honor this work, right? That I don't want to change it up. Um, you know, so all of her ideas were good. It was all, none of it was poorly conceived or any of those things but it was not useful for this stage of the story. Whereas someone like Jim or Grace, they're able to zero in on, okay, here is a completed work. Are there any flaws that are not working for the book as it is now? Uh, and that's, that's a skill. I mean, I, I feel like we all have to be able to do that for each other. How do we, um, tell people how to improve a work or shore up failings in a work without asking them to fully revise the work. Um, yeah. So skills on both sides of the fence here, right? It's not really a fence of the divide of the table. The table is a better analogy. Um, knowing what critique is useful, what your vision for the work is, knowing that you will never please everybody, right? There's always this feeling of you want to have a runaway bestseller that everybody loves. Um, you know, it's like, well, if you want this book to be fourth wing, which is all the buzz right now, then you would have to do these things. It's like, no, that's not what this book is. And I'm, I 
don't know if I could make this book be that. I don't think I could, even if I wanted to, which I don't. So that's my rundown. Um, yeah. So probably, probably almost certainly no podcast on Friday. Uh, it's my birthday on Tuesday and I am going to be, I'm going to be Ken. I'm going to beach. <laughs> all right. You all have a wonderful couple of weeks. However it is before I come back to you, go out and do good things. Um, and, and yeah, give, give good feedback, receive it with good heart. And I will talk to you all in a while. You all take care. Bye-bye.